The third element of compassion is that sense of altogetherness, the sense that there but for the grace of God go I. In other words, that we all suffer, we all struggle and, you know, failure and imperfection, it's part and parcel of the shared human experience. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits, and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine, and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly, and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts, and of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. As a practicing family doctor with expertise in lifestyle as medicine, my purpose is to encourage and support you in terms of positive health, personal growth, and all things well-being. As I say, to never stop starting. Each month on a live webinar, I teach learning by doing and learning by being. The why and the how of health-enhancing habits, giving you the science as well as support strategies to live with more vitality. I'd like to invite you to join my self-development club. To learn more and to sign up, visit drmarkrow.com. There are so many people suffering from toxic stress nowadays that I thought I'd do this little podcast about self-compassion. Self-compassion is really no different from having compassion for other people, uh, except that you turn that lens of empathy and willingness to help and support back towards yourself. So let's start off by just reminding ourselves what compassion is. And really, compassion is three things. Firstly, it's awareness. So if you're walking on the street and you see a homeless man sitting there with his empty cup looking for money and you become aware of him and you see that he's there and he's struggling and he's suffering, that, that's the first component of compassion. It's awareness. If you just walk past and you don't even see that person, you're not even aware of it. So compassion starts with awareness, seeing it, staying open, being present to it. And secondly, it's action. It's not enough to just be aware of the other person suffering or struggling. Action, and by action, I mean you feel moved by it. The word compassion literally means to suffer with. So action means that your heart responds to their sense of pain through simply wanting to help or offer support or perhaps by simply offering kindness and understanding as opposed to harsh judgment and tough comment when someone slips up. And the third element of compassion is that sense of altogetherness, the sense that there but for the grace of God go I. In other words, that we all suffer, we all struggle and, you know, failure and imperfection, it's part and parcel of the shared human experience. So self-compassion really is when you reframe that sense of awareness and action and altogetherness of compassion, now back towards yourself. I call it a reallocation of respect. You're now giving yourself the benefit of the doubt. You're treating yourself with dignity and respect. What's really interesting is when you look at positive psychology and look at these relationship ratios for flourishing, you know, generally in life, we need a positivity ratio of at least three to one. In other words, at least three positive 
emotions for every negative emotion. Negative emotion, of course, is very real. We're hardwired for it. Uh, but you need about three positive emotions to create that tipping point for flourishing. And self-compassion is a very, very effective way to not just allow you to deal more effectively with, with negative emotion and to stop beating yourself up and to stop letting your inner critic run riot, but also to enable you to bring more heartfelt positivity to bear into your own everyday experience. So self-compassion is about recognizing that, you know, life can be tough at times. Stuff happens. And instead of suppressing how you feel, instead of having a stiff upper lip, you pay attention to how you're feeling. And by paying attention to how you're feeling, you recognize, you know, how challenging and how difficult a certain situation may be. And therefore, you make sure you take good care of yourself. At a certain level, self-compassion is simply being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we feel inadequate or when we fall or fail or suffer, as opposed to ignoring our feelings of pain or beating ourselves up with self-criticism. There's a beautiful saying I'm just going to share with you that says, in the end, people will judge you anyway. So don't live your life trying to be liked by others. Live your life learning to love yourself. And of course, suffering is universal. You know, it's part of the shared human experience. And because we all suffer, it's perfectly normal to struggle at times. And in many ways, recognizing and accepting the inevitability of tough times turns it into a path to growth and something I'm very keen on learning about and something I'm really a big fan of is, is this idea, Rhonda Corneman in the United States talks about it a lot, this idea of post-traumatic growth. It's not that we sign up for suffering, it's not that we wish for tough times, certainly not, but in spite of our, perhaps because of the tough times, we can develop new meaning, a new sense of who we are in the world, new perspective, and literally we can grow from our tough times and grow from our struggles. There's a Buddhist idea that suffering and happiness are both sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. And typically in the Western world, struggle and suffering are resisted, repressed. People sometimes reach very quickly for the pill bottle to medicate it away. Whereas Eastern philosophy looks at suffering as an essential part of the path to enlightenment. So probably the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle. Sometimes medication can be very, very important if you're struggling, but sometimes it's not appropriate. And sometimes learning to build your inner resilience and learning skills and strategies to support your own well-being, including the art of self-compassion, can be a very important step on your path to self-development and on your path to, to growing into that better version of you. In other words, instead of this self-destructive habit of beating yourself up with toxic negativity from your inner critic. I call it the merry-go-mind of anxious negative thoughts leading to poor me syndrome. Instead of that, ask yourself, what might you say to your best friend in a similar situation? Most likely, you would give your best friend patience, empathy, encouragement, kindness, care and support. And I think that's a really interesting idea to be your own best friend when you inevitably stumble or make a mistake and to simply do this and keep you from falling into a pit of despair, enabling you to be more constructive. And Seneca, that wonderful Stoic philosopher, wrote that a person who is a friend to themselves is an aid to all mankind because they're kind, 
They are calm. They have empathy for themselves and for others. They aren't desperate. They can quietly spend time alone. They don't need to pull others down to lift themselves up. They can stand on the shoulders of giants, as Isaac Newton once said, instead of stepping on their necks to secure advantage. Self-compassion is all about being an encourager. I love that word, encourage, which comes from the French encourage with courage. I've met many people in life downtrodden by toxic relationships or adversarial workplaces or by life circumstances. Never met somebody that was overappreciated, overrecognized, overvalued. So encourage yourself. Recognize just how far you've come in terms of your achievements and your accomplishments and the adversity that you've overcome. As I say, accept and make peace with the past, appreciate the present and anticipate your future with a sense of realistic optimism. Self-compassion also involves being curious as opposed to being critical with negative emotion. Because many people, when they're feeling stressed or upset, they default back into that inner critic mode. And struggling with negative emotion can make things so much worse. For example, on top of feelings of sadness, now you feel guilty for feeling sad. On top of anxiety, you feel angry for feeling anxious. On top of stress, now you feel stressed for even feeling stressed. So learning to be more curious with negative emotions and seeing where they're coming from can be a very important tool in terms of self-compassion and going and speaking to somebody. A trained therapist for cognitive behavioral therapy can be a wonderful way to get to know yourself better and enable you to understand the power of emotional agility, that you are not your emotions, that you are not your anxiety, that you are not your toxic stress, that you are separate from these feelings which are temporary. And you can learn new ways of seeing how you think about things, what you believe about things, and you can learn more constructive strategies to enable you to deal with life's situations. And when you do choose to live more through the lens of what I call mindful self-compassion, it's tremendously good for your health and well-being. Because people with higher levels of self-compassion have been found in research to have higher levels of self-awareness, higher levels of emotional agility, and as a result are better attuned into how they think, feel, act and behave. And this can support you to be less reactive and more responsive in your decision making. Better able to choose peace over anger, calm over anxiety, self-care over self-neglect. People that are more self-compassionate sleep better at night time. You reduce feelings of stress, anxiety, depression, and you can better bulletproof yourself against burnout. Self-compassionate people become more confident, more resilient. They boost their emotional bank account to positivity, experience more inner happiness and more overall life satisfaction. And of course, being self-compassionate be can become a real game changer for your physical and mental health and overall well-being. And as you boost your self-care, you simply take better care of yourself. And what's really interesting about self-compassion is that it's a highly learnable skill that can be cultivated and developed. So here are some ways that you can give your self-compassion skills a quick boost. Physically, look after your body. Take a walk in the woods. Listen to the wind rustling through the leaves or the birds singing melodious bird song. Listen to some relaxing music. Focus mindfully on relaxing your physical body. 
and you can gift yourself microdoses of self-compassion. Mentally, learn to more mindfully embrace and accept painful experiences by cultivating a sense of mindful presence. Slow your breathing and bring your focused awareness and attention onto your breath. Try my pause technique. It's on the front page of my website. Emotionally, encourage yourself. Think about how you would encourage a friend facing a challenging or stressful situation. And now boost your sense of self-compassion by directing that encouraging, supportive self-talk inwards towards you or spiritually. Write yourself a forgiveness letter. Describe a situation that has caused you pain or distress. Describe it without blaming yourself. And now reframe that experience through the lens of forgiveness. Forgive yourself for not being perfect. For not making... Forgive yourself for not being perfect. Perhaps for making a mistake or for simply failing to live up to your ideals. Let it go. Forgive yourself and start again. Never stop starting. Never stop recommitting to take better care of yourself. Living life through the lens of self-compassion can be a wonderful way to boost your self-care, your sense of self in terms of self-awareness, self-belief, self-acceptance, enabling you to simply live with more vitality. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com. 